What's up, everybody? It's Michael Nettemeyer here with Jeff King and Joe Geary, and we are your host of the Whitwin Podcast, whatever it takes, whenever it's needed. This is the podcast where sales professionals are made. Now, it's been a minute, guys. It's been a little bit, but yeah. it's ready to jump back, back in. in action. Yeah, we've been a little busy. It's uh, been our busy season. We've been getting some houses sold, making it happen, growing the team, and uh, now we're ready to get back on the podcast. So, And that's not to say that quarter four is slow, but not at all. there's definitely been a busy spring and summertime, that's for sure. That is for sure. We're going to keep going all the way through the year, though, and uh, finish the year strong. So today we wanted to touch a little bit on financial thermostat. Some of you might be asking, what is a financial thermostat? What do you guys say? What does it mean to you when you hear financial thermostat? I'd say it's really where you're comfortable at. Like, what amount of money do you need to make where you're pretty much comfortable? You don't have to worry about You don't have the financial stress of not having to worry about, you know, not paying your bills or not being, not being able to get your kids presents for Christmas. Just being able to be comfortable and live comfortable, comfortably, yeah. you know, with that amount of money. I think, too, a lot of it comes down to mindset. Do you have an abundance mindset? Are you a scarcity mindset? What What do you see for the future for yourself? And, like, what is your ability to make it happen? Are you going to sit there and make excuses and be negative? But if you have a really high financial thermostat, you know that you're coming from abundance and then you can have more and create more. And ultimately, what you're building in that sense can be a lot of wealth-based things and leave behind a legacy as opposed to a low financial thermostat where you're saying, you know, woe is me. I have no money. I'm broke. Mm-hmm. Get out there and do something about it. Right. Well, I think, and I think the latter there, I think most people have a low financial thermostat. Yep. Because I think you're a product of your environment. How you grow up has a lot to do with it. But oftentimes when, when we sit here and we have new team members come on or people are interviewing to come on the team and we ask them, how much would you want to make? Yeah. And, and the arbitrary number is always $100,000, right? So if I could just, they say six figures, right? But it's usually it means $100,000. And then when you start asking them, okay, so $100,000, now if you made 75000 would you be okay with that? Well, yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, they usually say, yeah, that's that'd be, fine. That'd be awesome, mm-hmm. you know, if I made seventy five. Okay, well, if you made 50000 well, yeah, I'd be good with fifty. What if you made thirty? Well, yeah, it's right around where I'm making now, but yeah, I think, so I mean, their financial thermostat is not $100,000 or six figures, as they say. It's somewhere between like thirty and $50,000. And and the, the issue I have with that is because, one, it's... If your goal is to make $100,000, but your financial thermostat's set at 30, you're never going to make $100,000. And you're not going to do everything it takes to get there. Exactly, because you're not going to truly believe that it's even possible to get to $100,000. So most people have a very low threshold or a very low financial thermostat. And I think a lot of it, it's not their fault. It's just it has a lot to do with how do you raise it. A lot of people don't know how do you raise that financial thermostat. Because if you're used to making $30,000 and you're comfortable at, say, thirty dollars or $40,000, and that's kind of what you know and that's who you're hanging around with, how do you know to like there's, there's bigger and better out there that you're capable? Because everyone's capable of making more money. It's just that not everyone will. That's very true. And are you talking about it with other people? A lot of right. people don't like to talk about money, period. Mm-hmm. So from that standpoint, you can't have a high financial thermostat if you don't ever talk about having one. Exactly. That's a good point. So it's important that who you surround yourself with is very important because that's for me, like I, I think I have a pretty high financial thermostat. It could mm-hmm. be higher. Um, but, but like, I want nicer things. I like having nicer things, but a lot of that comes with reading books, That's right. surrounding yourself with people that are doing it on the highest level, right? So when you start doing things like that, it's, it naturally pushes you to want to do more, to have more, to be more, 
I'll never forget, too, when we went down to the 10X Growth Conference in Miami, that, from Grant Cardone's mm-hmm. perspective, like, that event in and of itself and just being down there in Miami around nice cars, huge buildings, a lot of other business owners as well, too, and learning their stories, that very quickly raises your financial thermostat on what's out there. I would agree. I would totally agree. Because you see that there's so much more out there, especially if you live in middle Missouri. Yes. <laughs> right? You're in middle Missouri, and, and then you go down there, and every other car is a Lamborghini. Mm-hmm. Not that cars are everything, and everybody says, oh, anybody can have a car payment, and this or that. But i got to be honest. I think a car is actually a good investment. You think so? I do. Ooh. I do. You're going against the grain I'm here. totally. And not a good financial investment, mm-hmm. but I think it's a good investment. I think it's a terrible financial investment because as soon as you drive off the lot, you lose the value. Mm-hmm. But if you buy a car, a nice car, your financial thermostat starts going up, right? If you aspire to have a nice car, your financial thermostat is going up. Now, when you get that nice car, if it pushes you to work harder, is your financial thermostat increasing or going down? That's very much true. Right? You have to be able to afford it after you, you buy it. You have to be able to afford it to yeah. buy it. You have to be able to keep it, right? Mm-hmm. So if you take a loan out, which I don't advise, it's a stupid idea. However, if you take a loan on a car and it pushes you to make more money and you double your in- you buy a $70,000 car and you triple your income, was it a good deal because of that car? That's what pushed you. If that's, that's what, what raised it, yeah. right? Exactly. And now, now people are like, "Oh, that's stupid." Maybe it is. <laughs> I don't. Know, but for me, I know that the nicer my car gets, the more money I want to make, and yeah. the more I want to work. And the harder you have to work to and keep it. And the harder it. you have right. to work to keep it. Exactly. And, right? When I was when you drive a piece of junk car, what does your mindset look like? When you have a piece of crap car that you get into every single day, especially if you're in sales or in your car all the time, if you're getting into a piece of crap car every single day, where is your mindset? That's about where you're at. Is it correct? Yeah. I mean, do you feel good about what you're getting into? Or do you aspire to have more? Or do you aspire to have more? And you may aspire to have more, but are you feeling good about what you're getting into every single day? Not that a car is going to make you by any means. I don't say, don't suggest if you don't have any money, don't go out and buy a brand new car. It's not going to make you a better salesperson. It's not going to make you a better salesperson, but what it will do is make you feel better about yourself, which sales, so much of sales is mindset. And so you have to have the right mindset every single day. Honestly, in sales, you have to have the right mindset every single day to take the abuse that you're going to go through every single day before you succeed. We talked about it in our team meeting this morning. Sales is not easy. There's nothing easy about sales. So much of it, though, is mindset. Now, people are like, oh, they're a natural. They're not a natural. There are no really, truly natural born salespeople. There are people that work harder at it than others. So, But in order to work hard at it, you have to have the right mindset around it. And if you're keeping the right mindset about it, and you're doing the activities every single day, you will at some point succeed. And the other thing with that, too, is that it gets much easier to have a positive mindset when you you start to see the results of your hard work, when you start to get paid more, especially because we're commission-based. Once those deals start closing, it gets easier to see, hey, there's bigger and brighter things mm-hmm. out there. We just have to scale and do more of it. 100%. And it's easy to have a good mindset when things are going well. Mm-hmm. right? Where you grow, though, is in your times of hardship – where you're having that adversity and things aren't going right and you're still sticking with it and still doing it and still showing up and getting out of bed. There are days where you don't want to get out of bed. When you're in sales and you don't have any money in your bank account and your car is not working and you're having issues, like do you really want to get out of bed and go make phone calls where you're just going to take a bunch of verbal abuse all day? Absolutely not. Absolutely not, right? So you have to have that bigger why powering you and pushing you, but that's where you grow. It's easy to do these things when everything's going right mm-hmm. and going well for you and you have money in the bank. What happens when it's all reversed? And when starting out especially, there might be people listening to this that have no money in the bank. Right. They might have negative money in the bank. My net worth when I was 12 was more than it was when I was 25. 
For 27. I had more money in the bank when I was 10, 11, 12 years old. Yeah. I had a couple hundred bucks at least. Yeah. <laughs> when I was 25, 26, it was negative a couple hundred dollars, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Like, and so that's where having a financial, but, but even then, $100 was not a lot of money to me. True. Even when I had no money, 100 bucks was not a lot of money because I knew that there, you, there was more. You can go out and do more and create more and make more. So, and that's the other thing too. I think a lot of people with going back to financial thermostat here, a lot of people, they hear a price on something that say immediately say, oh, that's too expensive. And what happens when you immediately say that's too expensive, you shut your brain off. You make a decision to say that's too much. That's not for me. That's for somebody else. I could never have that. You know, having that is not for me. It's too... It's, it's for somebody else. It's for yeah. somebody else. That's mm-hmm. for the wealthy people. Mm-hmm. That's not me. When you think like that, you make a decision to stop using your brain. And when you stop using your brain, what you're doing is making a conscious decision to say, it's not for me. I'm staying in my comfort zone. This is where I live. This is fine. The people that truly succeed and have an increased financial thermostat and are making a lot, a lot of money, and not that money's everything, but we live in an economic world and you need money to survive. But those people, when they face, they're faced with something where, wow, that's $50,000. Instead of saying, I can't afford that, they say, how can I afford it? Mm-hmm. How can I afford it? Maybe I don't have $50,000 in the bank where I can afford How can I afford this? And they start using the rate. Your brain is like a supercomputer. It's the most powerful tool you have. And you can either use it to your advantage or not. The people that succeed use it to their advantage because they start thinking, how could I do it? How could it be possible? I understand I don't have the money, but how could it be possible? And they're going to use that to help propel themselves forward as opposed to just kind of sit in their misery and, exactly. oh, what was me? So go back to the to the 25-year-old, 27-year-old Michael and talk a little bit about what your financial thermostat was at that point and how you increased it since then. Well, so for me, it's it, my financial thermostat I feel like has always been high. I've mm-hmm. always liked, like, and not that it's, things are important, or not, but I've liked nicer things. I've always read books. Mm-hmm. I, I, I was not a great student by any means kind of a C. I didn't apply myself. I didn't sure. school. I didn't find particularly interesting, but I always, I like to read personal development stuff. So I always knew there was more and I always knew at some point I would achieve a certain level of financial success. But back then when you're just constantly getting kicked in the teeth yeah. every single day, you have no money and debt collectors are calling you and, and it's just, it's, it's difficult, right? And you want to quit and you want to give up. And what I talked about this morning was the people that have succeeded in sales or any industry for that matter are the people that didn't give up. They just outlasted all of those bad times. Mm-hmm. Not to say that even when they're hitting, you're hitting your pinnacle of success, you're still going to face hardship, but they just outlasted it. And that's all it is. You stick with it. You almost quit. Yeah, you know, absolutely. I mean, you know, that's that's right? the thing. Don't quit. Don't that's quit. how you lose. Stick with it. Yep. And if you stick with it, you outlast all those bad issues and all mm-hmm. those problems. And, and eventually it just turns for you and it starts to happen. And we always want it to f- happen faster. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's what, what a lot of us go through is that we go through these really good spurts, we have some good action, and then potentially it's that real estate roller coaster where you've got the ups and the downs yeah. and the ups and the downs, especially in your first year or so. And when those downs last for any significant period of time, even a month or two months or three months, whatever it is, all you have to do is look at yourself and say, well, in the grand scheme of things, what is this three months? Right. You know, what is six months even at that point in time? When you're talking about building an entire sales career mm-hmm. over the course of 5, 10, 15, 20 plus years, three to six months is a good trade-off to yeah. have essentially uh, like your financial freedom for almost the rest of your life. Exactly. And that's a good point. So and, and think about that. What if it was longer than that? Yeah. What if it was 10 years? So mm-hmm. think about this. So you start a business. There are people out there right now that want to start a business, right? And the thing I don't like about this too, though, like the entrepreneur craze right now, everybody wants yeah. to be an entrepreneur. <laughs> the average person that has a job makes $20,000 more than the average entrepreneur out there. 
So there are a lot of people that are like, it's cool to be the entrepreneur, be self-employed. I'm all for it, but I also don't think like if you have a job right now, there are a lot of ways that you can increase your financial thermostat. We'll talk about that in a minute. But the when basically when you start off, so let's just say you're starting a business right now, and somebody tells you, hey, for the next 10 years, you're not going to make any money. Okay? You're going to be, you're going to struggle for the next 10 years, but at 10 years, you're going to start making $500,000 a year or a million dollars a year, and you'll make that for the rest of your life. How many people do you think would do it? Very few. I think so too. I agree. Very few. I think, and like, what's the trade off? Like, if you can, what is $10 million? You're going to make $10 million. You're, for 10 years, you're going to struggle. People want now money. People want they now just money. Need it now. They're not patient. Just because, right. like, Instant cell phones, you get you can send a text in two seconds versus several years ago, you would have had to send a letter in the mail, wait three or four days yeah. to hear back from the person, and then you go back and forth. Where now you can send a text in two seconds and then hear back from the person in 30 seconds. Right. So you want everything right now versus the delayed gratification which could be 5, 10, maybe even 15 years. Agreed. And people quit I, things that are hard. Like, yeah, that's yeah. the reality, is that you don't try... I don't think that people give it long enough time, just like what you're saying. What if it was 10 years? Like, yeah. That's a long time. That's a long time. <laughs> that's a decade. Yeah. Right? Like, it's a very long time. And, and that's where you'll hear a lot of people, though, they didn't start making money for 10 years. True. Mm-hmm. Right? And, and that's the thing. It's how much abuse can you take, though, <laughs> right? Because and, and, I think, too, like, you have so many people. You're right, Joe. You hit the nail on the head with... The everybody wants it now, and you have all these gurus online, so-called self-proclaimed, you know, gurus that are selling stuff and make ten grand a month instantly from the couch. You know, all of that. It's not true. Like, if you really want to build a true business, a sustainable true business, it's going to take time. It's going to take a lot of time. It's going to be surrounding yourself with the right people. It's going to be improving yourself every single day. There are no such thing as like get rich quick schemes. If they are, they're usually illegal. And right. you see that a lot in the real estate industry, actually, too, with a lot of teams. They just offer leads. Like, hey, we're going to give mm-hmm. you 50 leads a month. They're completely free. You're going to get guaranteed business versus other teams like us where you actually have to work for your stuff. But we're going to give you all the tools, teach you all the skills versus the other team. You're not going to learn any skills in five or ten years from now. You're probably going to be doing the same amount of business because you're just guaranteed. Yeah. Those and you're not doing anything what on you're top. Living off. Right. You're not actually building the skills that you're going to need to get to the next level or level up. You're absolutely right. And that's the difference. It's kind of like, you know, feed, give a man a fish or teach him to fish, right? You teach somebody to fish, it's a skill set they have forever. Versus, you know, just being dependent off that fish that you're given every single exactly. day. Exactly. What happens when that, you know, that person gets cut out of your life? Yeah. I mean, that person could very easily just say, yeah, I'm going to go do something else. Yeah. Right? And now what? Now you're stuck. You're like, out. Well, now what do I do? i got to go find somebody else to feed me. Right? <laughs> Not a good place to be in. Right. And so going back to the people too, like, because, you know, we're sales. So it's, it's if people might say, well, it's easy to make more money in sales. I work a job, and I'm, I'm on a salary. So so for those people, too, I think it's extremely important, too, that w- the question you need to ask yourself is if you're in a job right now and you don't see any income potential or any increased income potential, one, you need to reflect. You might not be in the right job. Like if you're in a place where you're just at your limit and you're capped, it might not be the right job for you. You might need to find something else if there's opportunity. But I would look around and say, okay, who in here is making more money than me? Right? So who in this company is making more money to me? How can I aspire to get to their level? Because what happens is most people make excuses for why they don't get ahead. One, they stop working on themselves. So they get into a job, they get comfortable, they quit working on themselves. The average person reads less than a book a year. Right? So how many, like, what are you reading right now to stretch and grow yourself to become a better leader? What are you doing to basically give more value to the marketplace? Because you'll get paid in direct, people get paid in direct proportion to the value they bring to the marketplace. 
So what are you doing to increase your worth to your company? If you started showing up an hour early and people are like, oh, I clock, I can't clock in an hour early, it's overtime. Don't clock in. If you have to clock in, show up at seven, you're supposed to be there at eight, clock in at eight, get there at seven. Stay an hour later, stay longer. Are you the type of person that just at 4.30 on Friday shuts it off until Monday and doesn't think about work? Well, then you're probably gonna make average money. If that's your mindset and that's your work ethic and that's your philosophy, you're probably not gonna make much more than what you're being paid right now. But if you truly aspire to do more, to be more, to be the better version of yourself and to make more money, you need to start working on yourself. You can't blame your boss. Oh, my boss is an asshole. I'm, you know, he's stupid, he or she. Like, if you have to worry about them basically making you better or getting you ahead, you have to change them. And what's the likelihood of you changing somebody else? Wouldn't it be easier? Slim to, to none. Slim to none. Yeah. Wouldn't it be easier just to change yourself? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Become a better version of yourself. Start putting more into your company. Put more into your work. And it's not just going to be you don't do it for a week and be like, oh, well, that didn't work. And don't wait for them to tell you to do it either. Don't wait for them to. Yeah, you need to start doing it. And, putting, and it might take a year for somebody to recognize. But at some point, if you're adding more value every single day and you're working on yourself to become a better version of yourself, somebody's going to take notice. Somebody's going to notice and you're going to start to get ahead. I think it kind of goes back to the thermostat thing. Like a lot of people do that when they first start off and they start to see success and then they cool off. And they mm-hmm. don't they don't start showing up early again. They don't start putting the extra effort, the extra development, just because they you know they saw a little bit of success and then they cool off versus continuing to keep the foot on the gas all the way down all the time. Agreed. It is. It's and that, that it's difference probably, of being comfortable yeah. as opposed to keeping pushing. Yeah, and it's probably one of the hardest things too because once you start to see that success, you're like, oh, I'm good now. I don't need to... You know, keep my foot on the gas because I, you know, I have some money, I mm-hmm. had some success versus, you know, what's right around the corner. You might have some catastrophic thing that happens to you where you're going to need more money. Exactly. Something like that. So it could be big. Totally, man. I mean, like, honestly, if your financial goal is a million dollars, your target is way too low. A million dollars, you're one lawsuit away from losing all of your money. Right? Like we live in a litigious world where people like to sue people. Mm-hmm. If your goal is like, I just want a million dollars, I can, at a million bucks, like if you retire with a million dollars, you're gonna live on 40 grand a year. Is that really a life worth living? Like, are you living abundantly at forty thousand dollars? You're running out of money. You're running out of money. Yeah. You're gonna make it at best 20 years, or give or take, and you're out of money. Right? So you need your goal, you need to set your targets higher. And, re- and, and like you said, it's easy in the beginning when you first show up, right? You start, you start your remote. What happens a year from now, five years from now, 10 years from now? That's why that financial thermostat needs to constantly be raised. Yeah. Keep, keep growing that thing. Keep, and because the goal is you need to make it, honestly, you need to make as much money as you possibly can. Because like you said, one event, you're one event away from losing all of your money. Family member gets sick. It's not covered under medical insurance. $500,000. Right, like it just depends. Like they get can't something happens, right? They get in a car accident. It's not covered for whatever reason. You need money. You need a lot of it to be able to help yourself. One, give yourself a better life, give your family a better life, and to help people around you. And then leave it behind for the next generation. Exactly. Like what a cool, how cool would that be to leave a legacy like mm-hmm. that, yeah. to where they don't have to work quite as hard or don't have to struggle. You want them to, of course, but yeah. work hard. <laughs> they got they got to earn it. Yeah. <laughs> but it is. It's all about increasing your financial thermostat. Mm-hmm. 
And the way you do that is by growing yourself, is surrounding yourself with the right people, reading books, right? Like I flew first class on an international trip. That's right. That raised my financial thermostat, right? But I used to fly in the cattle car in the back with everybody else, right? And not that there's anything wrong with that, but honestly, like when I used to travel, I like to travel out of the country and I'd always look for what's the cheapest flight. Mm-hmm. And I would search, I would build my trip around what the cheapest flight was. Oh, this one's $1,200. That's the cheapest flight. Awesome. Let's go on these dates. It's nice when you just pick the thing when you when it's convenient to go and you don't have to worry about what's the cheapest, right? And then you start to elevate and you get to that level where now, okay, I'm at the front of the plane and they walk up and they say, would you like some champagne, Mr. Nettemeyer, <laughs> right? That for me increased my financial thermostat because now I never want to go to the back of the plane again. Not that there's anything wrong with the back of the plane, but the front of the plane is a lot better. It's a lot better. You have your own little apartment up there, right? And you don't have to stress out about what you're going to spend when you get there. Exactly, right? It's just, it's one of those things where... When you get there to that level where you start increasing your financial thermostat and the money starts to follow, right? It's you start living truly living a life by design, and you're not just kind of going through life living a good life, a comfortable life. You can start to propel your life and really start making a difference for people, and that's what it's all about. And that's what we mean when we say financial thermostat. You need to increase it. Surround yourself with the right people, and make it happen. What do you guys think? All right, good deal. Talked about a lot there. Anything to add on that though? I think the biggest thing is talk about it. Yeah. If you're not in a place where you can talk about it with other people, it's really hard to raise it by yourself, especially if you're surrounded by other people that aren't having the conversation and don't know what it is. Right. I would agree. I think for me, too, it's just never, never settle. Don't get too comfortable because, like, I, I'm guilty of this. Sometimes I just get too comfortable with what I got and don't look for more. I just think you just always got to be looking for more and just see how you can keep raising that thermostat level. Stay hungry. Stay hungry. Stay hungry. Good is the enemy of great, right? So if you're comfortable and good, you'll never get to that level to be great. And I think that's what's important. And also if you're around people that aren't on, like if you're surrounding yourself with people that aren't vibrating at the same wavelength and frequency you are, and they're just totally happy and content with where you are in life and you want more, you may need to think about the company you're keeping and who you're surrounding yourself with because that does matter. You want to surround yourself with people that are going to keep pushing you and pushing you and pushing you to be the best version of yourself. Because at the end of the day, we all have greatness inside of us. You have to unlock it. You have to find it. It's out there. It's up to you to make it happen. We'll leave you with that. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time. Me down and build me up whatever it takes.